This is R.J. Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes This down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the R.J. Barrett. He does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. Creates and shows some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! The Yankees win! All right. What's happening, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to BD4, episode 2. I'm sorry, uh, 346. Episode 346 of BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA on the weekends. And as you can see, we're going to start this episode off with some MMA. Yankees every series. Knicks every game. MMA on the weekends. Now, we're getting to the Knicks. Alright, we're going to get to the Knicks. We're going to recap this Knicks-Hornets game. um, Which actually, as I'm recording... Um, the Knicks-Hornet game has not been played yet. It is earlier in the day, or earlier in the night of March 23rd, Wednesday. The Knicks game is not happening as I speak. It will start in about a couple of hours. All right, But obviously, as you're listening to this, the Knicks game is already over. So we're going to get to that recap and break the Knicks game down in the second half of this episode. But we are going to start this one out by talking some MMA. All right? Because I, I know I haven't been doing some MMA recently. I've been I've been taking a bit of a hiatus. I've been watching it, but I just have not been talking about it here on the show, here on BD4. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get back to it because uh, there was a there was a great event that took place this weekend, man. Um, so I do want to discuss it. But before we get into everything, guys, real quick, just first, I want to start off by telling you thank you for coming by. I appreciate you listening to the show watching the show, whatever it is you're doing. If you are listening to the show um, on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast as I speak, so we would like to keep that going. You can also listen to us on Spotify, and you can watch us on Spotify too. Um, You can watch us on YouTube, and there are many other listening platforms for the podcast, SoundCloud, you know all the usual. If you want to follow me on social media, be sure to follow me there. I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone. That's r.j.carbone. And I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. Um, and of course, I also write a blog. All right, I write for ultimatesportsnetworks.com. So if you go there, ultimatesportsnetworks.com, and you put into the search bar, the Bomber Bocker blog, or you can just type in my name in the search bar, RJ Carbone, either or. You'll find my blog, and you can subscribe to my blog using code 6A2841ERJC for 10% off everything. You get full access to every article, you get a discount on uh, merch, and you get $7.99 a month discount as opposed to the $10 a month. So now with that all out of the way, yeah, I do want to discuss some of this. I want to talk about what happened this weekend in London. Because it was such a phenomenal card. 
And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's get to that as soon as we get back from break. And uh, we'll get right into the episode, guys. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about that event because, um, yeah, Lufc, uh, Lufc, uh, UFC London was phenomenal. It was a hell of a card. And before we even talk about some of the fights, because there were some good ass fights, just the the atmosphere. What an atmosphere that was. It was such an incredible environment. I mean, Bisping said it too. There's something about London that is just different. You know, that crowd, nothing against the U.S. Because we get up. We get loud. But something about London, maybe it's because we don't go there often, right? The last time, it was our first time back in London. Um, since I think the Till Masvidal fight, which was in 2019. That was pre-COVID. But yeah, I mean, the energy in the O2, the energy in that venue was freaking off the charts. Wow. I mean, if it felt like a pay-per-view event. This may have well been titled UFC 273, for all I care. I mean, it might have, might as well have been, and everything else been pushed back. Like, it was, it was, yeah, and it was free, right? I'm pretty sure it was. I have the actual ESPN Plus app, so I don't know if it was free for you, but uh, yeah. What a hell of a card. Um, yeah, it had all the, obviously it had all the big English fighters on the, on the whole thing, you know, and from the very first preliminary fight to the main event, all the way to the main event, this was, this was a card to, uh, to enjoy. It was, uh, it was electric. Just, I, I can't say enough how, and I'm, I'm watching this on TV. I'm not even in the event and I'm not even at the arena, obviously, but it, it seemed like it was every time they panned to the, the crowd first of all there were tons of fans there and it just seemed extra loud at times you couldn't even hear what the announcers were saying but yeah the fights themselves were obviously phenomenal again loaded card with a lot of fighters from England 
um, 12 fights, and uh, I think nine of those 12 fights were finishes. And they all received bonuses by the UFC. Dana White gave them all bonuses, and but even like the non-finishes, right? They were still good. Like that, um, that Jack Shore fight, that was a phenomenal performance by him. So, it was awesome. And um, how about you know? In my opinion, what really stole the show was uh, Meatball Molly and and, and Polly, uh, <laughs> Polly, Meatball Molly and, and Patty Pimblet. Of course, right? I mean, the bond that these two share. The chemistry they have, the positive energy they give off is absolutely amazing. You have to love it. Molly gets the knockout win with an unfreaking believable, you know, spinning back elbow over Luana. She runs out the octagon right away, climbs the fence, jumps onto the other side. She runs down right over to Dana, grabs the belt, and she's just putting on a phenomenal performance and then caps it off with that um, awesome moment at the end there. Patty gets his win. Patty Pimblett. We'll talk about him more in a little bit. Uh, yeah. He does his thing. He gets the win. He does his little celebration. couple of pumps. <laughs> it's You know, what, what makes him really funny it's just the way, and I'm not trying to be a dick when I say it, but the way he looks. He doesn't look, if you just saw this dude on the street and you didn't know anything about MMA, you probably, you know, have no idea he could kick your ass. He just looks like a high school kid. He just looks like some high school dweeb, but he's a badass dude. It's funny as hell. And obviously after his win, him and Molly both, both embrace jump to the top of the cage together and the crowd again it's just nothing but electricity it's just pure lightning for these two fighters scousers right but yeah Patty's awesome and uh, I want to talk about him a little bit he's hilarious I love him and he he's something even if you hate him that's on you to be miserable I don't know how you could hate him but even if you do you cannot deny that this guy this kid Patty Pimblett is a star. He knows how to market a fight. He knows how to fight. He knows how to handle the mic. Well, he knows how to win a fight. We're going to get to his fighting in a little bit. But yeah, stay with us, guys. I want to talk a little bit more about this Patty Vargas fight. Talk about some other fights coming up as soon as we get back from break. Be right back.
sorry about that. A little longer break than I would have liked. I had to go do something real quick. Um, Patty Pimblett. Yeah, like I said, this dude is a star. <laughs> he knows how to market himself. He knows how to handle the mic. He's a good promoter. And he's going to make the UFC a lot of money. As long as he can continue to win. And, um, yeah, this, this is his second... Uh, I believe this was his second fight and second win now in the UFC. This came against Vargas. I don't know anything about Vargas. I know he's not some big-time fighter, but still, it was a nice, quick victory. You know, he eventually gets Vargas, and he takes his back. Gets into top position, Patty does, and then he gets the tap. Uh, yeah, he's a superstar. <laughs> you know, he reminds a lot of us... Uh, of a young Connor in that aspect of, of generating generating a lot of hype, all right, from the fans, from the media, from haters, all right? Uh, he, like, I mean, just think about it. He wasn't even the main event. He wasn't even the co-main event, and yet, good or bad, he has MMA universe talking about him, right? I'm I'm starting off the show by talking about Patty Pimblett, right? Um, now, I do get it. I understand the, the criticism, right? Because he does have some things to work on. I'm no MMA expert. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a fighter, a wrestler, whatever, a boxer. No, I'm a fan. But I have learned a little bit more and more over the years as a fan. And you know, from, from this is my perspective. So if you disagree, so be it. If you agree, so be it. I think he still has to work on some fundamentals, right? His striking needs to improve. His defense does scare you a little bit. That chin is very high. And we saw that when he got he got knocked by, by Vargas. And he was taken down too. So I'm just afraid that eventually, if he faces higher level, higher IQ fighters, that they could take advantage of that because his chin is so exposed. But I mean, some MMA fans... Certain MMA fans are just straight up miserable and they're already hating on the kid. Like they're trying this tough guy act and it's like, dude, you're behind a freaking keyboard. You know, I mean, some of you mutants <laughs> have never even taken a spanking from your parents, let alone fight another man before. You know, and you're criticizing fighters. Like all this talk about he can't do this against legit competition. He fights, what's that like, that cool kid terminology? We, we use the word uh, cans. He fights cans. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, he's already accomplished more than a lot of other UFC newcomers. So how about we start there and give the guy that you were sitting on your couch watching credit first? You know, also lower competition or not. He has done literally everything that he's supposed to have been doing. He's not only beaten them both, but he's beaten them both very quickly in the first round with finishes. So, sorry to break it to you, but that does have to count for something. And he has a solid resume before coming to the UFC. I mean, this is somebody who was 18 and 3. That should also count for something. He has the qualifications as opposed to some other, a lot of other UFC newcomers who don't get the hate. So why should we give hate and criticism to Pimblet and not the Joe Schmo newcomers? 
Like, give the guy credit. What's your record? What's my record? You know? End of story. See? And again, that's that's where I differentiate um, as a fan of sports. Like, MMA fan RJ versus baseball or basketball fan RJ is different. Because at least I have played those sports my entire life. I've talked about them, watched those sports my entire life. I've studied those sports my entire life. All 27 years coming up. You know, especially baseball. So I can at least generate a knowledgeable opinion having, you know, eat, slept, and, and breathe baseball and basketball my whole life. But we've got these internet minions who have never taken a punch. Most likely these little Zoomer boys, let's be honest, who probably just hopped onto the UFC bandwagon two years ago like myself. And they think they figured everything out. It amazes me. You know, but yeah, man, just like any other fighter, you got to start this kid, Patty Pimblet, off slow. Start slow, work your way there, and then hopefully someday he can make it into the top 15 rankings in the lightweight division, which the lightweight division, let's remember, is one of the tougher divisions in the sport, if not the. All right. And then maybe he'll fight some higher level guys eventually, but it's his second fight in the UFC. And I'm rooting for him. I am rooting for Patty Pimblett. I have no reason to hate him. <laughs> what what legitimate reason do you have to hate this guy? I guess that's my big knock. Like he hasn't done he does good things for charity. You know? But you hate him because he's trying to make money for himself by putting on a little bit of a, a marketing, you know, act. You can call it an act, whatever. It's fun. Fans enjoy it. People laugh. He has a good time. You know, this isn't catching a ball, throwing a ball, juggling. No, this is fighting. This is real. You can't play this shit. So I got respect for these guys who put their bodies on the line a lot. You know, so congrats to Patty Pimblett. That was an awesome performance. Gotta love the little relationship that he and Molly have. Because Molly's legit too. So, we'll talk about some of these other fights coming up. Stay with us. We will be right back. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. So, welcome back to the show, first of all. <clears throat> Episode 3, 46, 
of the podcast. The co-main event was good. You had Arnold Allen going up against Dan Hooker for this featherweight bout. Arnold Allen is 10-1 MMA. Now 9-0 in the UFC. And a win streak of 11 overall. So he comes in and this was also a first round finish. This took place right after the Patty fight. Comes in. Gets the brief first round TKO with the stoppage. Some people thought it was an early stoppage. I know Izzy Adesanya did. I saw his reaction of the fight on YouTube. I don't know. It was still a sharp performance nonetheless. Allen gets, you know, gets on the inside early. Then he starts really, from there he just starts landing. He just starts landing heavy combos on Hooker. Unleashes on him. And man, he hits like a fucking truck. But yeah, he's a badass dude. Arnold Allen. Isn't this the same dude who got into a bar fight once? I think a few years ago. And was suspended. But he comes out to We Will Rock You. Gets shit done in the octagon. After it, he calls out Calvin Cater, which I think will be a fun fight. He called him Calvin Qatar, which was the mistake I made when I first heard of Calvin Cater. <laughs> but you, at the on the other side, you do have to feel a bit for Dan Hooker. It sucks because he's an easy guy to root for. This is a father, and between all the traveling and, and the quarantine bullshit, it's been tough for him. But yeah, he has now dropped four out of his last... Five fights, I believe. Six, uh, four of his last five, I believe. And I think it's two in a row now. Officially falling out of the top ten. So, you know, he's been running into some tough competition, too. You know, Barboza. He's had Dustin Poirier. Michael Chandler. That was Michael Chandler's first win in the UFC, I believe. Islam Makashev. Now Allen. You know, maybe he goes back to 155. Maybe he goes up back to 155 now, right? I think that's probably the best for him at this point. I think he has to do that. Be more healthier for him. Get him in a better mindset. But yeah, it sucks. Because not too long ago, not too long ago, it was like pre-corona time. This dude was legit. He was on a dominant hell of a run. Winning seven out of eight fights. And he was taken down, you know, he was on like a knockout streak too. KO after KO. Jim Miller. He defeated uh, Gilbert Burns. Paul Felder. It just sucks to see this happening now to him. So yeah, maybe he goes up a division. Back up and then he takes a bit of time off. But we'll see. Um, and then of course, we'll talk about it. The main event. You know, this was a good main event, man. Another finish. Excuse me, you had Tom Aspinall going up against Alexander Volkanov. I was going to say Volkanovsky. Going up against Alexander Volkov for the main event. And we'll start uh, we'll, we'll start by saying I like Tom uh, Tom Aspinall, but I, you know, the number 11 ranked fighter at the time going in as the underdog versus Volkov, who obviously is the way more experienced fighter. He's in the middle of his peak. And, yeah, I had him winning. I I not think, maybe I, you know, underestimated Tom a lot. 
but he pulls off an extremely impressive win here. Not even four minutes into the fight, he gets the round one submission. And that is tough. It's tough as hell to do against a guy like Volkov, who he's not often finished. You know, I think he, in, in 43 MMA fights coming into this bout, he had only been finished in four of those. And just one time has he been finished in UFC. And yeah, so Tom looked very good. I mean, he was flashing that speed and quickness, which it's so cool to see how, how sharp he is for, for a guy of his size to be a, as good of a mover as he is. It's really cool. And I think after the fight, he calls out um, Tai Tuivasa. That could happen, right? Obviously, we'll most likely be getting that interim title fight soon because Francis got the surgery and I think him fighting this year is probably not in the uh, cards. But maybe Tom, I would say, gets one more win against a, a top contender from the heavyweight division and then you put him in that combo for a title fight. You know, maybe you give him the winner of, of uh, this weekend's upcoming event, Blades and, uh, and Chris Dawkins, right? And then from there, if he wins that, then you talk about that potential interim fight. Because right now, I believe he jumped to six, Tom Aspinall. He's number six now with the updated rankings. So he's right there. He's right there. It makes sense. But, um... Yeah, you got to give Tom Aspinall props, man. I got to give him props for underestimating him and and he going out there and showing me he's legit. He's now 12-2 in MMA and 5-0 in the UFC. Uh, Just, again, a spectacular performance. He's a very good jiu-jitsu artist. This is a guy who is, he's a a grappling coach, you know. So there you have it. Six or seven, I think seven now, of his victories in MMA have become, uh, have come because of, uh, have come due to submission. Via submission, that's the word. And two of those five wins in the UFC. Submission. So, yeah. Just so, showing again how dangerous he is when he gets into top control. He's a big dude, but it's not often you see big dudes, again, move around like he can and, and wrestle as good as he can. So, congrats to Tom Aspinall. Again, maybe he gets that upcoming fight. The winner of this upcoming main event. In, uh, in UFC Columbus, which I'm excited for this one. I'm excited for it. UFC Columbus. It's um, I'm always going to root for the former cop. I love, I love, I love uh, Chris Dawkins. I'm a big fan of him. He's 12 and 4 MMA and he's 4 and 1 in the UFC. Um, he's coming off that loss against Lewis back in December. And I think that was the fight that made Derek Lewis the KO King, if I can remember correctly. But yeah, speaking of the knockout kings, I mean, Dawkins is a pretty good knockout artist himself. He's something different, man. I think all four of his UFC victories have come via KO. And all but one of his victories in MMA, period, have come via KO or TKO. So he, he can do it. And on the other side, Curtis Blades is no joke. Not to make him seem like he's a joke. He's 15-3 he's MMA, 10-3 in UFC. And his only losses have come against guys who have been top contenders. You know, Francis twice and Derek Lewis just a year ago. Coming off a win against Rosenstruck. So, it's going to be a good card. I think Alexa Grasso is on the co-main. And Cara France coming off that win against Cody Garbrandt is also on that card. So, UFC London was a blast. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it.
Let's get to the second part of this show and talk Knicks. Be right back. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. All right, quick, quick, quick on the Knicks because we are going to try to keep this episode under one hour. Um, Yeah, they won tonight, so that was nice. The Knicks picked up the win. And again, guys, welcome back. Thank you for listening to the first part of the show. Hope you enjoyed our MMA Saturday UFC London recap. Going over some of the fights, talking about how I enjoyed it. So thank you for tuning in so far. And once again, if you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can find BD4 on Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. We are currently a five-star podcast, and we would like to keep it that way. Also, you can watch us or listen to us on Spotify and YouTube. And you can listen to us on many other platforms, such as SoundCloud, uh, you know, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and many more. <clears throat> so, if you want to do that, do that. And if you want to share this podcast or maybe follow me on social media, I'm at RJ Carbone on Facebook, r.j.carbone. And I'm at Rob J. Carbone on, Facebook, on um, Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on the Knicks. Um, yeah, we didn't do a Knicks recap for the Knicks Jazz game. But usually on like the back-to-backs, I don't like to do the first night of back-to-backs because it's like it's I, I do this, I produce the podcast, I edit, record, I do everything solo. So by the time that I get everything done, it'll be out the morning of the next game. So I feel like it's just not enough. There's no point. But second night of a back-to-back, we pick up a rare victory. Uh, the Knicks take this one 121 to 106. Uh, just give me one second. Let me pull up the page here. All right. All right. Yeah, uh, clearly tonight there was an intensity uptick, right? Not to say last night they lacked that because I thought they played pretty hard. But tonight it paid off and it gave them a victory. It was kind of a feel good victory with all the. Young players getting the um, contributing to this win, right? So, you know, they were led by RJ Barrett, led by Obi Toppin. It was Julius Randle's best outing yet. I really thought it was Randle's best effort. Maybe as a Nick, you know, I thought he was exceptional tonight versus the Hornets with zero turnovers. Uh, he didn't miss a single shot, he did not miss an, a free throw. I don't think he allowed a single point on the other end either. So it was far and away his best effort, at least of the season. I thought Randall was 
phenomenal in this performance against the um, against the Hornets on March 23rd, Wednesday night, the game he set. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I loved what I saw, especially from Obi Toppin. Obi set the tone tonight. He was active early. He was energizing all the Knicks fans in the arena tonight in Charlotte. I thought he was a big catalyst, and um, the Knicks kind of fed off that spark from the get-go. And R.J. Barrett, of course, it was his 11th 30-point game of the year. It was his second 30-point game in a row. So he goes for 30 points, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, 10 for 19 shooting from the field, three for seven shooting from three-point land, and seven of eight shooting at the free-throw line. Yeah, man, he continues to do his thing. RJ is maturing right before us. You know, it's becoming consistent for him to not just score over 20 anymore, but to score in the upper 20s and to even flash those 30-point games. Uh, Clyde was mentioning it. The next step for him is the efficiency, how he's more of a volume scorer right now. But um, tonight, the jumper looked good, and he was finishing strong. I love the way he ran offense tonight without Julius out there. He was very aggressive on his drives. And um, I love the way <clears throat> the Knicks ran their offense as a whole without Julius. You know, everyone was passing. The Knicks had 30 assists on 43 makes versus only 7 turnovers. Everybody was cutting off the ball. There was a lot of movement. You know, we talk all the time about pace, 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 and Knicks one one of them wanting the Knicks to play fast. That doesn't always have to be full court play. That just means making quicker, sharper decisions in the half court, off ball moving, passing, things like that, and that's what they did tonight. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot more spacing on the floor tonight, clear lanes and space to attack for RJ. And, of course, the transition game was on point, too. With Obi in here, we ran that fast break a ton. It was so nice to see guys out there who actually made an effort to push the pace for all four quarters. We saw the high-flying dunks from Obi. We saw those long-distance lobs. We always see this from Obi. And tonight, Obi goes 18 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. And, again, I honestly think that if you get this guy a point guard... He can at least be a solid NBA player. I'm not sure he's an everyday starter. I definitely don't think he's going to be an all-star or anything like that. But I do think he can be a solid NBA contributor. Maybe I would say ceiling is a solid NBA starter. And I think a lot has to do with getting him a point guard. Now right now, him and Emmanuel quickly have a fantastic chemistry. They've had that since Obi was, was uh, drafted and played with him last season. They've always played well together on the floor. They're you know, crowd energizers, and I'm not saying Obi can do this every single night. But if you give him 10 more minutes a night, shave five minutes off of Julius, shave five minutes off of Taj, that's 10 minutes right there you can put to Obi. I think you'll start seeing nights like this at least more often, where he can score in double figures, rebound a little bit, and um, he, he flashed some playmaking tonight. But yeah, you know, he was playing great with Manuel quickly out there. And um, I think IQ, you know, he's starting to show some consistency. I love it. Ten points, five more rebounds. He's been rebounding a lot lately. Seven assists to one turnover. 
He is scoring. The shooting is back. Uh, the floater game was clicking late. He is playmaking, and that, that's the big thing right now, right? He was pushing the pace full court, and in a half court, he was operating the pick and roll. So his confidence is just through the roof right now, and you have to love that about quickly. Um, Deuce McBride got some burn tonight. He's getting some more burn lately. He's knocking down the three-point shots tonight, though. That's the big difference. We haven't seen much offense from him yet, but tonight, one of his better offensive performances since he's been back into the rotation. Nine points and uh, three for four. Knocking down three triples. So, tell you, if you, if we were to get better shooting from Deuce, from Obi, this offense is pretty nice. That second unit can be nice. You know, you have the open court game, and then you have some shooting in the half court. A very modernized, streamlined offense, if you can get them both hitting their shots. So that's going to depict a lot of their games. You know, if Deuce can find some offense and if Obi can start hitting that three-point shot more consistently, which at times he's been very bad at. But um, yeah, I, I like the way they played. Obi, IQ, Deuce, we talked about RJ. Uh, we'll run through uh, Sims real quick. I thought Sims was also good. My guy. He continues to make a case for more minutes. You know, tonight without Mitchell Robinson in there. Without Nerlens Noel in there, without Julius Randle on the floor, Sims got more minutes. I think he played 25 minutes. And he scores 10 points, gets three rebounds. He was setting strong screens to free up open looks for the offense. He was boxing out defensively. He also made very timely rotations on the defensive side of the floor. Early on in the game, he also got the offense off to a strong start. Working as a roll man in the pick and roll. Made a ton of early cuts to get his dunks. Thought Sims was great. Fournier. 12 points, 7 rebounds. He broke the record tonight. So props to him. He knocked down 4 more triples to pass Starks. For the Nick franchise record. So it's nice. It's nice. No, I, don't too, I don't put too much into it. I still think Fournier's had a very underwhelming season, especially considering the contract. His offense is way too inconsistent. Um, he doesn't always come within the flow of the offense when he is hitting his shots. He's got the great scoring nights, but they come very sporadically, and the defense kind of makes him a low-impact player. When he doesn't have the great scoring nights, the defense makes him a negative-impact player. You know... So I, I think it was nice, but overall, next year, hopefully, Fournier, if he's still here, I wouldn't mind him being here if he came off the bench. I think coming off the bench so you can limit the defensive hurt um, and give him maybe you know, 20 minutes a game, come in for four or five minute spurts, provide some shooting, I think that's the best way to do it. And make sure they're off-ball shots, like you know, coming off screens and L-cuts and curls and you know, being the movement shooter that he was in Boston and in Orlando. And if you start staggering Julius more, I know they like their, their little 1-2 uh, game. You can keep them two together in that DHO offense. But yeah, that said, 
his uh, his hot streak is at least winning me some money lately. <laughs> or it's helping me win that pick of the parlay because I've always getting I've been getting that friggin' one leg that, that misses lately and that's killing me. Which let's get to that. Alright, so we, we just quickly recap the Knicks. Um, but I do want to get to tonight's RJ's parlay and then we'll wrap it up later with the NYY NYK MMA question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2 841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomberbacher blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomberbacher blog. And there you have it. All right. So tonight for episode 346, welcome back to the show, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is there have been two Knicks to win rookie of the year in the franchise's history who are they both alright there have been two Knicks to win rookie of the year in the franchise's history who are they both so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me 
wherever. If you attempt to guess but do not get it correct, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. If you attempt to guess and get it correct, I'll let you know what the answer is and I will give you and your social media handle a shout out in the next episode. So let me know the answer if you think you got it. That out of the way, I do want to get to tonight's final segment of the show before we wrap it up. Let's get to RJ's parlay. Might as well get into it right now. Finish up from there. What's happening? Okay, welcome back to the show. Tonight's RJ's Parlay. Are you ready for it? Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Now, tonight's parlay, we did it on this Knicks-Hornets game. I was so close. And I, you know, honestly, I should have had it. I should have had it. It was a nice, what is it, a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 pick parlay. As you can see, if you're watching the podcast here on the, gra- on the screen, the graphic shows you that I hit 8 of the 9. And I missed that final one by one rebound. I I just missed. I had R.J. Barrett over three and a half alternate rebounds. He ends up with three on the dot. So annoyed with that. This is a guy who averages six, and tonight he picks the night. Tonight's the night he wants to pick to cut that in half. Very frustrating. I hit everything else. I hit the Knicks plus ten and a half alternate spread. I hit the over on two, 209 and a half alternate. And then I hit the Barrett 20 alternate points. Two alternate assists. Fournier, I hit the over on nine and a half alternate points. Two and a half alternate threes made. Which I, if you're watching the show, you can see I made a little, made a little bit of an error on the screen there, typing too fast. Uh, but yeah, it should say. O slash 2.5. Mitch didn't play tonight, so I don't know why I had a check mark there. See, I am I, I rushed through this graphic. But uh, Mitch didn't play tonight, so that pick was, was voided. And then LaMelo Ball, over 14.5 points alternate. I think he finished with 32 points for the Hornets. Um, I was going to add Rogier in there over 15, too. That would maybe buck because... Uh, his over is pretty low to begin with, but he had uh, he finished with like 17, so I would have had that. But um, yeah, missed it. Plus 407 odds, although that would have changed since Robinson did not play. 
whatever. We'll get them tomorrow. Um, I did have another small one on the side. But that's it. That's all for this episode, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, the first half of the show. Hope you enjoyed that. Talked some UFC. Uh, we recapped that London fight card. And then we briefly, real briefly, just went over the Knicks here and talked about them in the second half of the show. Um, we'll be back with the full Knicks episodes. Don't worry. One coming up uh, after this next game, which I think I think it's Friday. i got to check. But that's it for now. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 346 of the podcast of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. We also do MMA now, too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. That's it, fellas. Thanks for tuning in, and um, I'll see you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 